Oh God, our Father, help us in the study of your word to find guidance for our problems, strength for our temptations, and power for our task, and comfort for our sorrows. When we are restless or distracted, let your word calm our troubled hearts with a peace that passes understanding. In the study of your word, open your hand and satisfy our needs. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading is from the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament, and again I'm reading from that Common English Bible, the 30th chapter. This commandment that I'm giving you right now is definitely not too difficult for you. It, it isn't unreachable. It isn't up in heaven somewhere so that you have to ask, who will go for us to heaven and get it for us? so we can hear it and do it. Nor is it across the ocean somewhere so that you have to ask, who will cross the ocean and get it for us so that we can hear it and do it? Not at all. The word is very close to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart waiting for you to do it. Look here, today I set before you life and what's good versus death and what's wrong. If you obey the Lord your God's commandments that I'm commanding you right now by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways and by keeping his commandments, his regulations and his case laws, then you will live and thrive and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you refuse to listen, and so are misled, worshiping other gods and serving them. I'm telling you right now, you will definitely die. You will not prolong your life on the fertile land that you are crossing the Jordan River to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth as my witnesses against you right now. I have set life and death, blessing and curse before you. Now choose life so that you and your descendants will live by loving the Lord your God, by obeying his voice, and by clinging to him. That's how you will survive and live long on the fertile land the Lord swore to give you and your ancestors to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now our gospel lesson comes from part of the Sermon on the Mount, Listen to what Jesus says as we read from Matthew 5, starting at the 17th verse. Don't even begin to think that I have come to do away with the law and the prophets. I haven't come to do away with them, but to fulfill them. I say to you very seriously, as long as heaven and earth exist, neither the smallest letter nor even the smallest stroke of a pen will be erased from the law until everything there becomes a reality. Therefore, whoever ignores one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called the lowest in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps these commands and teaches people to keep them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. I say to you that unless your righteousness is greater than the righteousness of the legal experts and the Pharisees, 
you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't commit murder. And all who commit murder will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with their brother or sister will be in danger of judgment. If they say to their brother or sister, you idiot, they will be in danger of being condemned by the governing council. And if they say, you fool, they will be in danger of fiery hell. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and go. First, make things right with your brother or sister and then come back and offer your gift. Be sure to make friends quickly with your opponents while you're with them on the way to court. Otherwise, they will haul you before the judge and the judge will turn you over to the officer of the court and you will be thrown into prison. I say to you, in all seriousness, that you won't get out of there until you pay the very last penny. You have heard that it was said, don't commit adultery, but I say to you that every man who looks at a woman lustfully has committed adultery in his heart. And if your right eye causes you to fall into sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better that you lose a part of your body than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to fall into sin, chop it off and throw it away. It's better that you lose a part of your body and your whole body go into hell. It was said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a divorce certificate. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual unfaithfulness, forces her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, don't make a false, solemn pledge but you should follow through on what you have pledged to the Lord. But I say to you, you must not pledge at all. You must not pledge by heaven because it's God's throne. You must not pledge by the earth because it's God's footstool. You must not pledge by Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. And you must not pledge by your head because you can't turn one hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes. And your no mean no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the law being a blessing. Have you ever thought of the law as a blessing? You know when the patrolman's writing you out a speeding ticket? 65 in our 30s, huh? (laughs) When you find a parking ticket on your favorite buggy, $30 for 10 minutes? When it's time to file your taxes? (laughs) When someone you like has been placed in the pokey? When you want to do something, the law says, no. When do you think of the law as a blessing? Well, the rebellious, I just can't live by your rules, man. That is the stereotypical motto of adolescence, but it's the lifelong theme for many people. 
even well-behaved folks like us seem to have a rules allergy. So who thought of the law as a blessing? Well, the writer of these ver the verses from Psalm 119 that Johnny read at the beginning of the service, they certainly did think of the law as a blessing. The law is the theme of the 176 verses of that psalm. By the way, there's a reason it has 176 verses. There are 22 eight-verse sections, and each line starts with and ends with the succeeding 22 letters. The first letter of the Hebrew alphabet is Aleph, and the next is Bet, and so on and so on. Now remember, the first verse he read was, Happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of the Lord. Some translations say, well, that C.E.B. says, who walk in the Lord's instruction. See, the Hebrew word is Torah, which can be translated as law or teaching either way. Well, surely the writer of Deuteronomy saw the law as a blessing, and it's not hard to get at it all, he says. He wrote that it didn't way up in heaven somewhere so that you have to ask who's going to go up there and get it for us. And it's not all across the ocean, so you have to send somebody way out somewhere. You see, they already had the Ten Commandments, so God's instructions were not high up or far away. Not at all. The word is very close to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, waiting for you to do it. He sums up, I've said, life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life. Well, sometimes we modern Christians like to think, ooh, we can just forget about that Old Testament stuff and all those rules, but... Then right there in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, don't even begin to think I've come to do away with the law and the prophets. Uh-oh. We still need to pay attention to God's instructions, such as, well, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your being and all your mind. Jesus said this is the first and greatest commandment and the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as you love yourself. All the law and the prophets depend on, hang on, those two commands. So, okay, we're supposed to follow those two great commandments and the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy is right. We can do that, right? Well, maybe. <laughs> Some days. Mostly. But then Jesus goes and gives us what I'd call extra homework. Not extra credit assignment, extra homework. By saying four, four times, you have heard that it is said, but Jesus didn't say just, you've heard that it's said. He added phrases that start with but. I don't know about you, but my daddy used to say, watch out for that word but, because it usually it takes back everything that went before it. For example, I don't mean to criticize the church, but... Or, you know, like last night I was watching that pro basketball game, Golden State, and one of the commentators says, I don't mean to interrupt, but, and that's exactly what he went ahead and did. <laughs> one time I interrupted a coworker who had started the sentence, I don't mean to be rude, but, and I said, then stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Uh, in fact, you'll notice something about 
if you ever get a chance to look at the Magna Carta, you'll notice something about the margins. That, doc that document, you remember, England's King John signed the Magna Carta about 802 years ago. It set forth some of the rights basic to democracy and trial by jury, for example. You'll notice that if you see the document, they didn't leave much in the way of margins. They went pretty much to the edge of the page. They did this because that kind of document could grant all kinds of rights. And then at the very end of the sentence, put in that one little word, not, <laughs> took it all back. Cancel it all out. But that's not what Jesus was doing. He was not contradicting or taking away the commandments. He was providing some deeper interpretations. Well, first, there was the law against murder. I've read that the average child will watch 8,000 murders on TV before finishing elementary school. I guess between law and order and criminal minds. <laughs> Who knows about the cartoons? By the age of 18, the average person will have seen 40,000 murders on TV. Well, fortunately, TV murder is much more common than real-life murder. In fact, we're at a 57, in this country, a 57-year low in the murder rate. <coughs> yes, yes, it could go lower. All the murders, all the murderers I have met were in my work as a psychologist and I'm glad that I've only known a few people personally who were murdered themselves. So that man against murder, that's one most of us can feel, oh, I'm pretty safe there so far. But Jesus put anger and disrespect and contempt for people in the same destructive category. All these things destroy relationships and do grievously destructive harm to the community. Well, the second one, he said, was the law against adultery, adding that looking lustfully, that's harmful too. That's not tricky to understand. It's basically wrong to use people as objects and to look at them as things instead of people. Third was that law about divorce, and that, that's one that makes many modern Christians squirm it does help to understand that in those days, a man could dump his wife for no reason. She had a wart, she didn't cook something well, he, he got tired of our conversation. He could dump her and kind of leave her in the lurch socially and financially and otherwise. So some of that was to avoid, again, treating a person as a commodity, like a used car you could just get rid of. I'm convinced that Jesus Christ did not mean anyone to live in a love, uh, loveless, destructive relationship. Well, the fourth one was that law on solemn pledges. Well, that one doesn't seem too tricky. Tell the truth. If you tell the truth, you, don't, you won't have to swear and affirm and hop up and down to attest that I, I mean it this time. <laughs> really? You know, when people say, I gotta be honest with you, don't you just wonder, what were they doing all the rest of the time? <laughs> <laughs> say what is true, let your yes be yes, and your no mean no. 
Well, by the way, I said earlier, Jesus said, but I say to you four times. Actually, he gave six of those. But guess what? Those other instructions for obtaining greater righteousness, yeah, that's for next week. We'll tackle them next time. So remember what Jesus called the two great commandments. So those things are so important. Well, we say them every week at Berea. You know, when I ask you in response to this gift of God's grace, how shall we live? And y'all say, with gratitude, following after the Lord Jesus Christ, who calls us to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the first one. And our neighbors as ourselves. That's the second one. We say that every week. That's one to remember. And then there are the Ten Commandments and how Jesus interpreted them more deeply for our instruction. And remember, God's Word is very close to you. It's in your mouth and in your heart waiting for you to do it. Thanks be to God. Love the Lord, choose the good, and hold fast to God so that you may flourish. Now may the wisdom of God, the love of Christ, and the peace of the Spirit shine brightly in your life this day and forevermore.